chairs together for my friend, not her twin, the one and only <laughs> Pastor Jeff Meyer. I love you guys. Come on, am I talking? Yeah, there we go. I'm good. All right. Well, I. I'll start off earlier with my reminder, but I used to have a deal with Pastor Mitch that if I was ever speaking on a Sunday morning, they wouldn't make my daughter the last person to sing, you know, because I got to clean myself up after all, that, after all that goes on. And so fortunately, we got a nice long announcement video so I could get myself back into shape after that. But seriously, it is an honor to be able to minister alongside, alongside family. Um, God's doing great things. And so we just are blessed for that. Um, Pastor Joel is in... Um, uh, suffering for the gospel in the Florida Keys right now, so y'all, uh, y'all lift his family up, you know, make sure. But uh, uh, now be be praying. We praying this sabbatical that he's been on has been has been restful and um and and just restored him in a lot of ways. Let his family have some time together. So we're very blessed that we can do this. We have had some amazing speakers, Pastor Derek, Pastor Cordy did a good job. We're going to try and uh, keep that. Yes, and give them a hand. Try and keep up keep up the the good thing this morning. But we we are we're so blessed that we have a, a family and a staff that that. that lives up to the hype, not just for a person, but for the fact that this is the body of Christ, and we've all got a place to function and be involved with it. So thank you guys for being who you are as a church to us as staff while we're um, giving our pastor some time to get a much-needed break. If you would turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter number 3, verses 14 through 21, and we'll start there here in a minute. Um, while you're turning there, kind of intro the message a little bit. I entitled this message, uh, Fruit, but I didn't spell it quite like you normally see fruit spelled, so all you English teachers out there don't get mad at me. I did this on purpose. Um, it's that poetic license thing. You do, I can do whatever I want. I've got the microphone, so I'll spell it the way I want to. Now, um, I spelt it F-R-O-O-T as opposed to F-R-U-I-T because I want you to, but when you leave here today, my goal is for you to, when you see, think about bearing fruit, I want you to think first of all about the root. You can't bear fruit without a, with, without, without a proper root system. You can't be who God has called you to be without being rooted and grounded to him like we're going to read about. So um, keep that in mind, and I pray that every time you spell the word fruit from now on, you spell it the way I do because it's the right way. But um, no, not really. You, you do you do whatever whatever keeps you happy. But uh, I do wanna I do wanna encourage you that when you look at the word fruit from now on, I want you to look at it differently. And so I want to start by by reminding you that it's called the the fruit of the spirit, not the fruit of me, not the fruit of you, but the fruit of the spirit. So let's let's read really quick, and we'll, we'll get on with the message. Ephesians uh, chapter number three, verse fourteen says, "For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named." that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, keep that in mind, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think, according to the power at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. And so I'm going to start this morning by, by, by encouraging you in a lot of ways and trying to and take a little burden off you. If you're out here and you're one of these people that, that, that struggles to what we call uh, bear fruit as a Christian, like, I just, I just don't feel like I do a good enough job of portraying kindness, or I just don't feel like I'm, I act like I'm good enough, or I don't feel like I'm this or I'm that. If you're one of these people, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a little break this morning and say, stop trying. You're welcome. You just, just stop trying. Quit trying to do this. Quit trying to produce fruit. Quit trying to be this person. And like I said a minute ago, it's the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of Jeff, not the fruit of, of Pastor Derek, not, not the fruit of, of Miss Sue. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Because 
we're not supposed to be the ones that produce the fruit. We're just the ones that bear the fruit. Our job is not, is not to sit there and try and strain out and try and work so hard to be this patient person that everybody can be comfortable around. Our job is not trying to be this person that, that is so good and so lovely all the time because we're, we're working so hard to be this, this, this great person. Now, if, you, if you're working at it, you're probably stuck in works in a religion. So I'm um, just, encourage, just encouraging that. Jesus said in John chapter 15 and verse 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so that verse alone, he says, if you'll abide in him, in other words, if you'll put your roots down into him, if, you, if you'll stay grafted into, into who he has you to be, if you'll stay grafted in, into, into, into his love, you'll, you'll bear much fruit. In other words, you'll carry the fruit, but you don't produce the fruit. We, we've, all, we've all heard the, the saying, don't shoot the messenger. Well, that has a lot of bearing here. We see a lot of times we sit there and we want to be the, we want to be the ones that carry it, but he didn't call you to produce it. He called you just to carry it. You know, if you're the bearer, if you hate to be the bearer of bad news, you know, well, you're not bearing fruit. You're just, you're not care. You're not delivered. You're not, you didn't originate the message. So in other words, you don't want to be, you're not the bearer of the bad news. You didn't, you didn't start with you. You're just delivering it. Same thing with the fruit. It doesn't start with you. You just carry it. He produced it. You carry it. It's the fruit of the spirit. You know, if it was the fruit of Jeff, it's so sweet, you'd have a cavity. But, um, and my family said, boo, um, we live with you. But, uh, so no, your job is simply to be the fruit stand. You are, you are the vessel. And so I want to I encourage you in that this morning. Um, don't stop trying. Stop working so hard. Stop sitting here um, straining and stressing and wondering why you're not a better person, why you're not this, why you're not that. No, you just simply carry the fruit that the Holy Spirit produces in you and through you. So, so if it's not a fruit problem, then it's got to be a root problem. The, the thing is, the, there's, 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 we've got this um, issue as Americans especially. We don't, want necessarily, we don't necessarily care to take care of the problem. We just try to ease over the symptoms. Right? If you get a sinus infection, let's get gross for a minute, and you got all this nasty stuff, and you, and you got a headache, and, and everything's kind of swelled up, and you, and, you, and you can't breathe, and so we're real good about, we'll just shoot some nasal spray up, and we'll breathe for a few hours, and then when it goes away again, we'll shoot some more nail spray up. Well, we don't take care of the problem, which is an infection. We don't take something to get rid of the infection. We just smooth over the symptoms. It's the same thing we try to do a lot of times as believers when it comes to bearing fruit. If we got a problem bearing fruit, we just try harder. We try to do something that makes us look better. We try to do something that, that puts us in a place where people think we're this good person and we're just smoothing over symptoms and trying to be comfortable for a little bit rather than actually addressing the real issue, which is a root issue. And so let's, let's, go, on from, let's go on from there. Now, like I said, if we only focus on the symptom, we'll never fix the problem. And most often the problem is not necessarily our root, but it's what we're grounded in. And so as we read just a little bit ago, Ephesians chapter 3 and, and verse 17 says that being rooted and grounded in love. And so here's what we got to show. Our job as Christians is not to, not to strain out fruit. Our job as Christians is, is not trying and build up this, this great look for ourselves. Our job as Christians is to put down roots. I, lo I love how the verse says that you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth? In other words, it's going to take some power. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some effort to, 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 keep, to keep digging those roots down as far as they got to go to be who you're supposed to be. We've got to stop trying to um, focus on what's pretty and what looks on the outside and, and really work on our foundation or on our root system. Here's, here's, here's where we've got to go. So, you know, if, if we sit there and we're constantly trying to struggle, we're constantly trying to, to dig in, and we, we, as, we as people, when you see us around Christmas time, we're real good about the outside appearance. You come, you come to church, and we're real good about, we love to focus on the fruit because fruit looks good. You know, we, we love to dress right, right? We love to talk right? We love to, to find out all these things. We love to put on our, our, little, our little Christian garb and look good all the time. And the whole time, we don't really have any root. We're just putting on a good disguise. 
Now, when, at Christmas in my house, when I was a little kid, um, mom would put the Christmas tree in the playpen and keep us outside of it <laughs> because you don't touch the Christmas tree, right? And her three little boys at the, at the time would uh, just wreck a tree. I mean, it was this ugly little silver tree anyways. It probably should have been wrecked. But, um, <laughs> but she's not here now. She's in first service. I didn't call it ugly then. We've got to understand is we do this as Christians a lot of times. We, we, we do it more like a Christmas tree. We try to decorate ourselves and make ourselves look all look pretty. But when somebody gets up to us, it's like, oh, don't touch. Nothing here for you. You know, you see it on Facebook and you see it on social media all over the place at Christmas. People got a tree in every room of their house and they got it all decorated up and look real nice. I want to see you go in that house and try and lay a hand on that tree and see what happens to you. You walk in and you try to reach for that tree and there's no fruit there. It's just, you bap. All of, all, of a sudden, all of a sudden, hospitality's out the window. You're messing with this tree that I spent 45 days gathering all the stuff up, four hours putting it up, and then three hours decorating. You know, so don't touch the tree. But see, that's funny, but we're, a lot, we're that, way, that way a lot of times as believers. We don't bear fruit, we just bear decoration. You know, you, you, can't, you can't walk up to somebody, or you can't walk to, up to a Christmas tree and take a bite out of an ornament. I mean, I guess you could. I don't recommend it. And you've got other symptoms you've got to take care of. But, um, but no, you've got to, we, 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 put, we put on this garb, we put on this look, we put on this, this whole idea that we're this big, beautiful thing, but somebody gets close and realizes there's really nothing there for them to have anyways. There's no substance there. There's nothing there that's of any benefit to them. There's nothing that's going to help them. And all, the, all they get is a little slap on hand saying, don't touch me. You mess with my decorations. Um, sorry if I'm loving on you too much here. Um, now, now, like I said, our job is to make sure that we're putting our roots. The problem is we don't have a fruit issue. We've got a root issue. We've got to make sure that we're in the process constantly of, of making sure our roots go deeper and deeper into who he is. Now, I know as, as Christians, we can never expound who God is. He's, he's great and he's awesome. We'll never, we'll never get to the depths of all of his love, but that don't mean you can't try. You know, as a believer, you ought to have the attitude that God, I want you, you're going to have to make your love deeper because I'm going to find the bottom of it. I'm going to dig myself so deep into you. I'm going to plant myself so deep into who you are that you better keep going deeper, God, because I'm not going to stop digging. Amen. I mean, now we know we can never do that, but at the same time, if, why not have that attitude? Like, God, I'm going to find out everything I can about you. I'm going to know you. I'm going to plant myself in who you are. I'm going to put myself in a place to where every day I'm, my roots are going deeper and deeper into who, into, who I, into who I can be in you. And so we've got to stop concerning ourselves more with our appearance than we do our foundation. We've got to get, we've got to get out of the place to where we understand that it's not about us trying to produce fruit. It's about us having a root that enables us to bear fruit that God has for us. Now, a root has one job, and that's to draw. A root has one simple task, and that is to go down and find the nourishment that it needs. It's to go down and draw in the things that it has to have to produce, I get fallen into myself, to bear the fruit that it's supposed to bear. And so when that root draws into the things of God, when that root goes down and draws, then it's able to bear the fruit that God's called it to bear. So Sometimes the root, the problem with the root is that we're grounded in the wrong things. So I'm going to ask you a question this morning. I'm about to start meddling with your business, so just buckle your seatbelt. Um, what are you grounded in? You know, we as believers are real, real good about saying we love God and we're all about God, but we ground ourselves, we root ourselves into everything but Him. Um, a lot of people ground themselves into a spouse or into a significant other. You sit there and you try to find um, fulfillment in, in the person next to you, and I've, and I've, I've, got the world's, I've got the world's greatest spouse. I've got the world's greatest wife. She's an encouragement. She's a blessing. She's always lifting me up. She's always encouraging me. Yeah, that's her. You know her. She's right here, the, the hot one on the front row. Um, but, I wanna, but, 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 here's the, but here's the thing. I cannot root myself in her. 
She's not my source of life. The problem is we as believers want to root ourselves in somebody or something other than him, and then we put an unfair expectation on that person and wonder why things fall apart when, we, when they can't handle the pressure that comes with us trying to live off of them. You know what that's called? It's called a parasite. Just, just, just saying, that's gross too. But, but, no, but, here, but that's the problem though. We sit there and we wonder why, why things start falling apart in our marriage when that spouse of yours cannot handle the pressure of being God. They're not supposed to be God. God, if they were, they would be God already. Their job in your life is to be an encouragement, a support, help, help um, pull you back on track, help be a balance in your life, help, help, help walk alongside you and be that team member um, as you raise your kids. But they're not meant to be your source of life. That's unfair to put them in, in, in that place. Now, I'm going to keep meddling a little bit deeper. A lot of us root ourselves in our kids. Mm-hmm. And, and we sit here and have an issue with, you know, well, our, my kid's got to do this and my kid's got to do that. And we invest ourselves so much in our kids that, you know, you heard the scenario that after the kids leave the house, the parents don't know each other anymore because they're not, they've not been connected to each other. They've not been rooted in love. They've been rooted in their kids. My kid's got to do this. My kid's got to do that. My kid's going to be this person. My kid's going to be that person. We spend all of our time investing ourselves, investing our time into who, our, who we think our kids ought to be. Then they grow up and become somebody different because they find out who God said they're supposed to be. And we're mad because our kids didn't be... Who, and, and so really all we're trying to do is find our validation. We're trying to find, find our... want to make ourselves look good as a parent by making our kids look good. And so what happens? We end up, we end up growing... We end up having kids that are entitled and spoiled. Why? Because we pour all this stuff into them, trying to make them somebody to make us look good. And ends up ruining them as a person. And so, you know, we... Our, my generation... Sounds so weird to talk about generations after me because I don't feel like I'm that old. But, uh, but uh, my generation is real good about belly aching and moaning about the, the millennials and the Generation Z and I don't know what's after that, X or something. Out, or No, we're Generation X, the Q or whatever, whatever comes out. I don't know. But we're real good about complaining about the generations after us. They're just so entitled. They're just so this and they're so that. Well, who raised them? I mean, you know, generations copy the generation in front of them. You know, we've got, we've got to get to a place where we, we stop putting roots down on anything and everything but God and find a place where we put roots down deep into his love and deep into who he has for us to be in him, which is, which is you know, you can't expound the depths and the breadth. We've got, we got to keep putting roots down into him and not that. We also put our roots down into our job. We try and find validation. We try to find a source of life by being successful. And what, and what that leads to is, um, is, issue, is issues with... We, all of a sudden, we, we turn into these people that are good about backbiting. We want to we make ourselves look better in front of our, our, our supervisors. And so we start telling them how bad our other employees are. And we start using all these um, low character type qualities to try and bring ourselves to another place because we're trying to have validation in who, in who we are as, as, an, as an employee. And so what happens then is we get into illegal business practices. We start doing things that are underhanded simply because we're trying to find validation. We're trying to find our source of life through our job. Now, are your gifts? I'm sorry. You, you know, next thing. This is where this is where it kind of gets iffy because um, you know we, a lot of times we we put roots down in our pastor or our pastor or our pastoral staff. We sit there and look at that. Well, and, and I'm not I'm not trying to brag, but but here at the Way Bible Church we put out a really nice table, right? We 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 got we serve a lot of good food here. We serve a lot of good, a lot of good things. We we have a lot to offer, and we want we do that not because we want you to put roots in us, but we want you to be your roots to be sustained and nourished so that you can put roots further down into Him. And so, as, as, as great as Pastor Joel preaches, and he does an amazing job, I'll sit down here on the front row and just look at him and go, wow. And I feel like, like in the New Testament, it goes, it's like, is this Joel T. Meyer, the feed salesman's son from Sulphur Springs, Texas? You know, um, and then I look, and I sit there thinking, man, I hear all these conversations. 
man, that's Jeff's brother up there, man. That's just, no, but, but, uh, never heard that, but you know, but hey, he's, but you can imagine if I did, uh, but, um, he'd never live it down if I did, but, um, but, but no, and so, but the, the thing is, we root ourselves in, in, in a mentor, we root ourselves in another person that is like a spiritual guide to us, and that's great, God puts those people in your life for a purpose, but we've got to understand that they're still not our source of life. They're still not our source of sustenance. And just like in the marriage situation, you know, we, we put undue pressure on a person, and, they want, and, the, and you wonder why that person separates themselves from you. It's because they're not meant to be, to be your soil. They're not meant to be your foundation. They're meant to be someone that God has put in your life to, for a season to help you, help you along the way and encourage you, but they're not meant to be your source of life. Um, final thing I'm going to mention here, but uh, I'm not going to go into politics and social media because... That would just get ugly in a hurry. And so what I'm going to talk about, though, is your gift, your gifts. You know, God has put, just like fruit, God has put gifts in all of us that we can use to, to grow the kingdom. We can use to, better, to be a betterment to other people, that we can use to speak into people's lives, to bring, to bring healing and, and, and those kind of things. God puts those things in our life. But so many times we get so wrapped up in those things and try to put roots in the gift that we end up getting caught more up in the, the supernatural than the spiritual. We've got to be careful that we don't forsake the spiritual for the supernatural. We get, you know, and I can ask this question because y'all are good church people. Y'all probably know the right answer. But what's more spiritual? To go out like we did last weekend on Super Saturday and give away some hot dogs and be a blessing to people or to come here on a Sunday morning and get up and do a, a thus saith the Lord and God told me to tell you this. You know, both are great. Both are, both, both are spiritual. We always look at this one more as something else. But if you're coming in here with half of your mindset being, I can display my gift. That's what I'm coming to do. Yeah, that's you're not going to get a lot of benefit out of that. You begin to wrap yourself up in, in, the, super, in the spiritual and in the, in, the, in the gifting side of you so much that you forsake, you forsake the spiritual side and, just, and you're simply going after, after the sensational or the supernatural. So we get caught in that trap. And now, here's what verse 20 reads in chapter 3 of, a, of Ephesians. It says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think, according to the power at work within us, now, we, we read that and we're like, yeah, that's great. I want that. God, that's a great promise. I'm going to hold on to that promise. I'm going to walk in that. God, that's mine. I claim that. But we stop. We fail to realize that just two verses ahead, he says, be rooted and grounded in love. If you want to see the, 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 the amazing things come to pass, you can't forsake the root. You know, the Bible says you're not going to put more on anything than what you can bear. And we like to think that applies to temptation. Not necessarily. If you can't sustain fruit because you've got a bad root, then don't expect to bear fruit. Not that God doesn't want you to. He's waiting for you to put a root down because he's waiting to, to produce fruit through you so that he can, so that he can um, be a blessing to people. But you've got to come to the place to where your focus is not on the external but on the root system that you have so that you can grow into who he's called you to be. Paul didn't pray that we'd be rooted and grounded in power. He didn't pray that we'd be rooted and grounded in, in, um, in faith or mercy or even grace. He said be rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded into everything that he is. His character is love. His nature is love. God is love. And that's who we're supposed to be rooted and grounded in. And we're going to produce after what we're, what we're rooted in. And so, now, now, that, we, now that we've talked about, talked about some of these things, I want, to, I want to encourage you in this. Now, I told you earlier, we'll get back to the fruit side of things. And, here, and here's, here's where we're at. I love what the Holy Passion Translation reads in Galatians 5, 20-23. See, like, like I said, we, we have this Sunday school idea of what fruit is, that, you know, you had the little lessons back when you were a kid, and they had the little felt, well, I tell them how old I am, had a little felt board where they stick the little things up on there. The kids are like going, what's a felt board? And, uh, and, uh, and the adults are going, I feel you, but um, I get it, felt, feel, sorry. All right, anyways, um, but here, here's the thing, we had this idea that, well, love is the apple, and joy is the banana, and 
Peace is the grapes. And, you know, and, we keep on, and, this, no, and we're going to find out a little bit differently here as we read this out of the Passion Translation. It says, but the fruit, and that word fruit can also be translated as harvest. How much better does that sound? The harvest of the Spirit. The harvest, or the fruit of the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all of its varied expressions. See, here's where we get it wrong. There is one, there is one fruit, and that's love. The other things, all the things we list here, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, strength of the spirit. All these things we sit there, all these things are simply attributes of love. See, if you've got a patience problem, you don't got a patience problem, you've got a love problem. If you've got a kindness problem, you don't got a kindness problem, you've got a love problem. And so we, we, we don't like to say it that way. We don't like to put that stigma on it. We don't like to say we've got a problem with loving people because we're Christians. God is love. We're love. We're supposed to be, well, I just got to work on my patience. No, you need to work on your love. Oh, I just got to work on being more joyful. No, you got to work on your love because the fruit of the Spirit is love with those different attributes. Now, we can get caught up in trying to, to act a certain way and being a Christian, kind of go back to the, the, Christmas, the Christmas tree, tree analogy. We got to understand that we're not called to, to act. We're called to be. <coughs> We make, we make it so hard. We're not called to sit here and act holy. We're not called to sit here and act patient. We're not, we're not called to sit here and act a certain way or act this way or act that way. We're called to, to simply be. We're called to simply be in Him. We're called to simply put roost out in Him and be who he's, called us, who, who he's called us to be. The frustration comes in when we misunderstand this and we, and we, get, we get to that place to where we, we, we know how to put out in the act but we get home from work you know, and everybody at work's like, oh, that's just the most patient, loving person. They're so good to work with. And we get home and we slam the door and we start ranting and raving all about how bad everything was all day long. And the family's going, all right, well, you must love him a lot more than he loves you. You know, but the, 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 thing, the thing with it, the thing we got to understand is, is that we got we to gotta come to the place to where we're not having to act patient. We're not having to act kind. We're not having to act like we're, like we're joyful. No, we simply abide in these things because that's what we're rooted in. That's what we're producing from. That's what we're drawing from is love. So that's what we, what's, that's what we produce. And so um, we, we, get the, we get this issue and we sit there going, well, God, I waited patiently all those years. You waited, but you didn't wait patiently. There's, there's, a, there's a big difference. A lot of us have to wait. And when we learn how to wait patiently, God will probably move in our lives. The problem is we wait, griping and complaining and murmuring and whining the whole time. I wonder why I go around the mountain 40 times. And God's like, well, when you get your root down there to my love and find out why you're waiting, the patience will kick in. You know, the Bible says through faith and patience we inherit the promise. And we got, we got this idea that we want, we want to believe for it and it pops up the next day and God is good and we walk on and everything's great. Yeah, does that happen? Some, yeah, absolutely. According to your faith, be it unto you. But God's not going to go beyond your root. God's not going to bless you beyond what you're rooted and grounded in Him. He's not going to bless you beyond what He's already, what he's already set up for you. Now, A lot of us are good about um, biting our tongue or biting our lip till we get to another, into another scene or another area, and then it all comes out. Well, that's not fruit. That's just you learn how to bite your lip. That's you learn how to give yourself a sore tongue because you bite it so hard because you want to go off on somebody because that's not what Christians do. Uh, well, you're still doing it. You're just not doing it in front of them. So we've, we've got to come to the place where we're actually bearing this fruit and not just putting on, putting on the face or putting on the show that says we do because people need, people need the fruit that we bear. Fruit, has been ma- fruit is made to be consumed. Fruit is made to be picked. So when somebody leans on the patience part of your love, don't get mad at them. God knew that they needed some patience in their life and they expected, he expected you to produce that for them. And so 
He's going he's gonna to grow that up in you. And so the, love, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, it says love is patient. Love doesn't act patient. It says love is kind. doesn't act kind. And so we got, we got to understand that, that um, if we're, when, we're a, when we're a patient person, that means that God has established that, that, that love on the inside of us so we can be patient because we love the person so much we're willing to be patient with them willing to wait. We're willing to see what, what he's doing. You know, we, we love God so much that we're willing to be patient and wait upon his promises. We love, we love, we love those around us so much that we're willing to be, to be kind to them, not because we want to be necessarily in our flesh, but we, we express kindness to them because that's the fruit that's coming out of the love that God has planted us in. We, we've, got, we've got to come to a place to where those things take place in our lives. And so, like, like I said, we don't like to look at it like this, but if we've got a fruit problem, we've got a love problem. And if we've got a love problem, we've probably got a root issue. We need to go down and make sure that we're, we're staying rooted and grounded in who, he's, in who he's called us to be. And so, like I said, you're not going to produce love if you're not rooted in it. And you're saying, the depth of your root determines the, the sustainability of your fruit. You know, some of us can be patient for a little while, you know, 10 minutes later, and the food's not there and hot and bubbly on our plate, and we start going off on the waitress. You know, I mean she's just, like I said, she's just bearing the food. She's not the one who cooked it. So walk in the kitchen. No, I'm, no don't do that. Um, <laughs> but we, 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 we've, got, we've got to come and, and, and realize that, you know what? That person at that moment probably needs a, really t- a real touch from the love of God. They've got, they've got personal life too. They've got stuff going on in their life as well. And the fact that you, after church on Sunday morning, go over there and you go off on them because you ask for charl beans and not refried beans. Patience, kindness, joy. And the coolest thing is that, that one in there that we always label self-control, we don't like to hear this, but it's actually translated lordship. Mm, that means we're not in charge. That means if God says wait a little bit, guess what? You wait a little bit, which isn't hard when you're rooted in love. But if you're not, your boy, yeah. And so you can, you can, you can always tell by the, by the way things begin to rub on you whether or not you just need to spend more time putting your roots down. You know, we, we got, we've got to, under, we got to understand that it's not a matter of us sitting here and sitting here going, Fruit, 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 fruit. It's a matter of us going root, 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 root. We got, we got to grow. We got to dig. We got to, we got to understand that, like, like we read in that verse, ask God for power to, to, to discover more of who he is. You know, when's the last, you know, we, we pray for a lot of things. We ask for a lot of things. When's the last time you asked God to help your roots grow? Now, we don't, we don't like to pray about the stuff that we can't see. You know, we like, we like to pray about the stuff that's going to make us look good and make us, make us be all these kind of things. And so, um, I'm going to close with, 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 um, with this kind of, it's kind of those, Long slash short invitation type things, but um, we'll see how we we'll see where we get to. But um, but no, a lot of we've all most of us have read um the account of the of of the fig tree, in Mark chapter eleven. This is where Jesus is going to Jerusalem one day, and on the way to, to Jerusalem, he sees a fig tree in the distance, that's uh that's all bushy and leafy and, and looks all nice like we we're talking about. But when he gets up to it, he wanted a little snack on the way, you know. And I guess the airplane food wasn't really good back then, so we wanted a fig. He, he, walks up to, he walks up to the tree and he sees that there's no figs, even though this tree looks like it's all nice and leafy and ready to bear figs. He doesn't, he doesn't see it there. And so he just simply looks at the tree and says, may you never bear fruit again. Ooh, that's kind of harsh. Anyways, we're not going to talk about theology of all that. But we'll, here's what happens. He goes on from there. He moves on from there, goes on into Jerusalem, does this thing where he turns over the, t- the money changers tables and all this kind of stuff and, and um, sets some things straight in the temple. Goes back that night, they go back home, passing the same way by the fruit tree, by the fig tree again. Everything's normal. They didn't mention that. He passes by, gets back to Bethany, 
They go to bed, they take a nap, they, do, they, have, they have their, their daily debrief, whatever they do. Next morning, they're going back into Jerusalem, and Peter goes, look, Jesus, that fig tree you cursed has withered. Now, Jesus never said, he, Bible, Jesus didn't say, I curse you. Jesus said, may you never bear fruit again. Peter said he cursed it, so you can, you can dig into that and see what all, what all you think about that, but I, I want to encourage you in this. It didn't, the results didn't happen as soon as Jesus spoke. Jesus didn't say, may you never bear fruit again in this thing. He goes, yeah. You know, kind of like kids when they get a hold of a Christmas tree. It doesn't work that quick. No, but what happened was, it took some time. Because it, so what happened was, when Jesus spoke, something took effect, but it wasn't a visible effect. Somewhere down in the root system, something began to change. Somewhere down in the root system, something began to, began to move and began to, um, began to um, affect what, what, was, what was being produced or what was coming up out of, out of, out of that soil. And so if, if you can do that with, with something such as not bearing fruit anymore... Think about this, when you get into the promises of God and you allow Jesus to begin to speak in your life and you hear him, why? Because you're rooted in his love, you're rooted in who he is, so he's right there close enough for you to hear and speak with and communicate with. You understand how much he loves you and he begins out of that love to begin to speak promises into your life. He begins to speak blessings over you. You begin to, you begin to um, receive what he's telling you and what happens? Somewhere down in your roots, stuff begins to change. A lot of you have been praying for things and believing for things and wanting God to change some things. Maybe you need some healing in your life. Maybe you need, some, maybe you need a loved one to be brought to the Lord. Maybe, but, and he's given you promises and you're believing on But understand this, when he, as soon as he spoke it to you, whether you read it out of the word and he spoke it from the word, whether he, so whether he spoke it into your spirit, as soon as he spoke it, it went to your roots. Now, are your roots able to take it in? Are your roots in a place where, you can, where they can receive it? That's a different story. But what you got to understand is, when he speaks something to you, a change does take place. A change is affected. Something is going on. And you might not see it today. You might not even see it tomorrow. You might not see it two weeks from now, but you've got to trust and have faith that there's something going on down in your roots. You've got you to believe that there's something going on. There's something moving. There's something that's being brought up. There's something that you're drawing from. There's something that's, that's greater than what you're going through right now that he's developed in you, that he's, he's pulling up, that you can pull up through your roots. And by the time it comes up, by the time it begins to produce fruit, your roots have gone down to it. You've strengthened yourself enough to bear what, what he promised you. So whatever it is you're believing for, whatever it is that's going on in your life, whatever you've grounded yourself in, maybe you need to shake your roots where they're at and put them into something else. Maybe you've rooted yourself in everything but him. And you wonder why what you're producing isn't what, what you should be producing. Check your roots. See where your faith is. See, see, what, see what triggers you the easiest whenever, whenever something goes on in your life and see what shakes the most and you'll know that area of your life isn't rooted where it needs to be rooted. When, some, when something goes on, when something, when something rattles you to the core and something really messes with you, maybe it's just the fact that you're getting your roots shaken from where they're at and you need to put them back in him. You know, my son and I planted an oak tree in our front yard a few years ago and um, I called Jerry Menard because uh, he knows how to do those kind of things. And he said, what you got to do is when you get that thing out of the bucket... You've got to beat those, beat those roots until they fall apart. Now, that doesn't sound very healthy. But what it is is you had to shake the soil that they were in. You had to shake that stuff out of there. You had to shake that stuff loose so that when you put them in the right soil, they were free to grow. Sometimes when things go on in our life, if you'll allow them to, they'll shake you out of where you're at. And they'll shake those things off of you that you need to get rid of. And you'll come to a place where your roots are ready to be planted down where they belong, which is in His love. And I promise you, when, your roots, when you're rooted and grounded in His love, the things he speaks to you will begin to have a change sooner than later. You'll begin to see those things have an effect on you in, in a powerful way. So we're going to have an altar call here in just a minute. Um, we've got, um, we have um, prayer ministers all around, the, all around the walls. If you need something, if you want to go pray about um, 
your root system, you want to pray about God um, shake, shaking some things free in your life, if you haven't ever been born again, and you, need to, and you need to get your roots transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, please go pray with one of these, one of these prayer team members. They would love to lead you in that way. Um, you can also take communion here between, between um, rows, um, between sections one and two right here at the communion table. Um, but please, if you need prayer for anything, um, they're available to pray with you. I want to, I want to encourage you, you in this um, as, well, as we all stand together. That same prayer that we read earlier, I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation, but I've made it personal, just like Brother Charles did a few weeks ago when he, when he, when he preached to us. Um, this is the, this is a, he prayed out of Ephesians 1, this is out of Ephesians 3. But however you receive, however you, however you draw things from him, if you, it means you've got to hold your hands out, if you've got to get on your knees, if you've got to come to an altar. I'm going to pray this prayer over us as a body. And don't worry about what I'm going to pray because it's what the Word of God says. I'm not praying anything outside of that. You don't need to root yourself in anything I say. You need to root yourself in what the Word of God says. And so I'm going, to, I'm going to pray this prayer over us. And so if you'll extend your hands out, whatever it takes to receive, we're going to believe that what God prayed in this prayer, what Paul prayed in this prayer over the church takes effect in our lives. And then when, and then when the prayer is over, you're free to go to the, to the, to the ministers if, if you need them. But he said, Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, we come humbly in all before you, the perfect father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. We pray that you would unveil within us the limited riches of your glory, unlimited riches of your glory and favor until your supernatural strength floods our innermost beings with your divine might and explosive power. Then by constantly using our faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of us. And the resting place of your love will become the very source of the, and the root of our lives. Mm. The resting place of your love will become the very source and root of our lives. Then we will be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences, the great magnitude and excellence of the astonishing love of Christ in all of its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is your love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Your endless, endless love that is beyond measurement and transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into us until we're all filled to overflowing with your fullness, O oh God. We never doubt your mighty power to work in us to accomplish all of this. You will achieve infinitely more than our greatest requests, our most unbelievable dreams, and exceed our wildest imaginations. You will outdo them all, for your miraculous power constantly energizes us. We are now we offer up to you, O oh God, the glorious praise that rises from every church and every generation through Christ Jesus. And all the praises that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. In Jesus' name.